Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. This episode is going to be very important for a number of reasons. The title is Off-Limit Questions and How to Handle Them. And we have an expert in this field, not only from an HR perspective, but from a legal perspective. And some of the topics that we're going to cover are critically important because not only can they happen and do they happen, but they often happen because of inexperienced hiring managers who aren't quite certain what to ask and what not to ask and where the lines are drawn. So we have a lot of information to share in this segment, and I know you're going to find it extremely valuable. So first of all, let me welcome my speaker. Her name is Kimberly Thacker Webb. She is both a human resource executive as well as an attorney, so she knows everything that we need to know about this. So first of all, Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is going to be so critical to all the viewers. So, you know, can you just start by talking a little bit about your background and your interest in this subject in particular? Sure. So I have about 20 years of experience in HR, and that encompasses everything from recruiting to employee relations to employment law. Um, And while (laughs) you mentioned I'm an attorney, I do not practice. I solely work in the HR space, but uh, I'm considered a subject matter expert in um, the American Disabilities Act, as well as FMLA and workers' comp. So uh, I have an array of experience and knowledge in, um, in all things HR. And that's absolutely fabulous because I think um, whether you're practicing your attorney or not, that knowledge is really valuable to the human resources sector. And as you and I know, if you do something wrong in this this part of a business, it can be extremely costly for an organization um, in terms of lawsuits, uh, you know, just really long-term repercussions. But on the part of the, the employee and or the job seeker, you know, often they don't know what to do in certain circumstances. Circumstances. And, and so today, I think focusing on some of those questions that people may get asked that they feel are inappropriate, and they probably are, um, a little bit about how to handle them. So I know you have a philosophy on this in terms of you know, how to handle some of these inappropriate questions. So can you talk about that as well as some of the off-limit questions that can be asked in an interview? Sure, absolutely. So first, I want to start off by saying, because I hear 
applicants say this often that, oh, they asked me a question and that's illegal to ask me, or this question that they asked me was totally, you know, outside of the law. I want to first state that um, questions that are asked, even if those are inappropriate questions, are not necessarily what we deem as illegal. Now, the question itself is not illegal, it's the after the question. So it's basically what they do after the question. If they use the question in terms of like age or gender or sex and they make a decision based on that question, then that is considered something that would um, be outside of the bounds of, of law and maybe even considered discrimination. But asking the question itself is not illegal. The um, One of the things that I would love to share, I have three things that I always tell um, applicants and, and those that consult me to help them you know, with their interviewing skills is you've got to really think about when an interviewer is asking you a question, there are three things you always need to consider. One, you need to consider the intent of the question. Is the person coming from a real pure space or do you detect something else? The second thing that you really want to uh, think about is how much you really want the job. That's going to really det determine whether you answer that question. And then thirdly, how that, how your response uh, might hurt your prospects in um, getting the job. So those are three things you want to think about. Oftentimes, interviewers, some have ill intent, some really don't. They are just not really good, good interviewers. So I want you to just, when you think about the questions that come towards you, keep those three, three things in mind before you answer those questions. And that's but, a really great point because, you know, when you talked about intent, my first thought was, yeah, sometimes you just say, Things like, oh, are you married? Do you have kids? Because you're trying to develop rapport. Um, I never, I don't do that anymore. But probably when I was originally a, you know, young manager, I, I'm certain I probably asked questions like that. Never with the intent to discriminate for the position, but because I really didn't know enough then about how to develop a good, easy rapport. So understanding the intent, I think, is a really great qualifier in terms of, okay, now where do I go from here? Sure. It's huge because oftentimes, like you said, they're just trying to get to know you. They're trying to make small talk. They're trying to see, is this a person that it would be a good fit for our organization? Is this someone we can really work with? So um, really, really assess the intent before you, you know, get offended or in some kind of way think what they're doing is wrong. Well, so then you talked about, so you talked about intent and the second part you had talked about is, you know, how much do you really want the job? Because that's going to help determine, you know, how you answer. So can you, can you talk a little bit about that? You know, what do you mean by that? So when I mean, how much do you want the job? When you think about it, if someone asks you, you know, well, do you, let's use your example. Do you have kids or um, yeah, how, are you planning to start a family? When you think about those kinds of questions, they're really looking at your commitment to the job and your commitment to the career. Instead of, you know, brushing that off and saying, oh, you really shouldn't ask me that question. It's okay if you really want the job to answer the question. Yes, I have two kids, but I also have a family member that helps me pick them up and helps me do this and helps me do that. And so therefore it will never interfere with my job. It's way, ways around it. You can still answer the question and just let them know because at the heart of what they want to know is are you going to be able to be stable in the job and are you going to be able to be responsible and accountable? That's what they're right. looking for. And that really does get back and, and the second or the first comment really to intent also because sure. sometimes the question really is about can I count on this person being there? And when you hire for a job, 
it from the hiring manager's perspective, if you have someone that is three days a week going to show up late because they're always late getting their kids on the bus, you know, from my perspective, that was really tough. And I had that happen a lot of times. And not that I would you know, say, oh, if I could go back and ask them differently. But I think it's really about trying to clearly set expectations and what this position really requires. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what they're looking for. So if you think, though, then that somebody has asked a question that you're really uncomfortable with and you think it may be used to discriminate you against you, how do you how do you answer that? Because it, it's a tough situation to be in. And I really appreciated what you said in the beginning is make sure you're not just making the assumption, oh, that's illegal. You can't ask me that question and, and almost have the sense of beings, we're going to make mistakes, but we're also going to deal with scenarios that are tough. And sometimes being in a situation where you're really concerned about that. And I have a number of people who, you know, are wondering how to answer you know, not the age question because they don't typically get how old are you, but they are more mature people in the workforce and they're afraid to ask, answer it because, you know, is that going to you know count against me in the job? And it's a real tenarious, I, I just made up a word. <laughs> <laughs> I do that often. It's a real, um, uh, you know, challenging situation to be in because, well, what if I don't want to answer it? It really makes me uncomfortable. I think it might be used against me, and I don't know how to get out of this gracefully. Right, right. Well, and I would say, let, let's use the age example, because that is one um, that's very common. I mean, it's a question that, um, unfortunately, is asked sometimes. But now what I'm seeing interviewers um, do is, instead of asking how old you are, they ask, well, when did you graduate high school? Or mm. when graduate college because they're trying to gauge they know they can't really ask how old you are so they try to ask other questions to try to gauge your age you know I would always steer them back to the conversation of the job and uh, in addition to that you can even be lighthearted. I think it's not a problem to kind of make a joke out of it and say you know my age is a secret but I'm old enough to work for you um, <laughs> I like don't that. Have an obligation to answer that question. You don't have an obligation to say, yeah, I graduated at this time. You can make a joke out of it, or you can simply say, you know, I've got X amount of years of experience. And as you were talking about the, some of the job specifications that you're looking for, these are my years of experience. These are uh, my education lens to this, and this is what I've learned. You can always steer the interviewer back towards the relevant questions. And they may say, well, you never answer the question, what year did you graduate? At that point, you can decide whether you want to answer that question or not. I like, I always like the little kind of joke where, you know, hey, my age is a secret, but I'm old enough to work for you. It kind of gives the interviewer, makes it a little bit lighthearted, and it makes the interviewer kind of chuckle a little bit and then move to the next question. So that's kind of a little bit of a trick. <laughs> to I, kind of I, that. I really like that. I think that's a great idea for a number of reasons, because if you, mm -hmm. if there's something you are concerned about beforehand, and age might be a good example, sure. to, have, to go in prepared with something like that. And to your point, very few hiring managers are going to say, well, you didn't ask the question when you graduated from high school. But <laughs> if you do, that really does tell you something about that individual and that company that that would be allowed, and that might not be the place you want to work then. Exactly, and that's a great point. Some, if, if some of the questions are 
pretty probing and ones that really make you uncomfortable, then you really have to sit back and think, one, do I really want to answer that question? But two, do I really want to work here? Right. Because some of that is showing you the culture of the company. You get the opportunity to see the culture of the company through the interviewer. I'm sorry, through the interviewer. So you want to really think about that and assess it. But I always think that's a great way to answer the age question. I think that is. It's and it's all about preparation. And one of the common themes with all the people that I've been uh, talking with with the different segments for this, we all are talking about preparation and having, you know, your sound bites, the things that you want to make sure that you leave people that interviewer with so that they remember you and you stand out. And I think it's the same thing with this is that there's certain things that you may have, whether it's a physical disability, it's a, an age issue you're concerned about different elements that, that you can be prepared to just get it back on track of, of here's why I'm the best person for the job. And here's why my, my um, qualifications match what were you doing. And, and to your point a little bit ago, then if that interviewer asked the question maybe and didn't think through it, it gives them a little safe place to sit back and go, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have asked that question. I'm glad they're letting me move on gracefully. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that um, you mentioned something that's extremely key. Preparation for interviews is huge. Um, it's not as though you want to rehearse or memorize answers, but you do want to have a few canned answers that can speak to some of their questions. Um, when I have uh, uh, sessions with some of my, the candidates that are looking for jobs, I do interview coaching on the side. And so when I sit down with them, we really look at some of the most famous questions that typically are asked and we, and we talk about, what are your skills? What is your educational level? What is it that you bring to the table? And how can we craft that so that this meets the job requirements and so that the employer hears that, oh, wow, this might be a good match because she or he has done the exact same that I'm thing I'm looking for, but maybe in a different industry. So it's, it's key to have that. And I know for some interviewing is so, it's such a heart wrenching um, activity because you're, 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 you're on point, you're nervous, you're not sure what to say, you're, you know, kind of, it's kind of a, a, a triggering thing, but the more you practice, the more you sit down and develop answers that are akin to what you do and akin to what that position is, is looking for, the better your chances are at landing that exceptional job. Absolutely. And it, you, you can't emphasize it enough because in your job and the things that you've excelled in in your career or in your education or both to this point, whatever's put you in front of that interviewer at this point in time those things almost fall to the wayside in your brain because you're not used to interviewing. Yeah. That's not something you do every day. And so the nerves are, are high. And I think a lot of people think, well, my resume speaks for itself. I've heard people say my resume speaks for itself. And I'm thinking, then why would I even bring you in here? <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I think that, you know, when you have the attitude that your resume speaks for itself, you're really doing yourself a disadvantage because resume, a resume is really words on a page. People want to know, can you play well in the sandbox? 
Absolutely. Are you going to be a good team player? Are you going to be a great individual contributor? That's not always, you know, that's not something that can always be seen from your resume. So this is your opportunity to shine. This is your opportunity to let that interviewer know that here's what I'm bringing to the company. And so you want them to walk away with, I have to have this person on my team, or I have to have this person leading my next um, project. You really want to walk away with that. I don't think you get that feel from just someone's resume, and not in my opinion. I, I agree so much. And I was thinking also that as we were talking about, you know, one side of this is what if you get questions that you feel are over the line or they're inappropriate or offensive. But I have also had people in interviews with me voluntarily give me information that I didn't want to know um, that is way too personal. And, yeah. and they, they were times that, um, that they made me very uncomfortable because I thought, I'm not sure I was gonna, I'm gonna pick this person, but now that they've put the verbiage out there, is this going to be something that I have to be concerned with? And after, I probably had five or six of those over my career and every time I went right to HR and said, I'm going to give you a breakdown of this interview. I'm going to give you the play-by-play. -play. I want this all when it's fresh in my mind. And then I'm going to follow up and I'm going to document it by email because I want you to have it yeah. because I never want this to come back on me. And it's in, and never did it come back on me. I don't think I ever hired those people because I thought if you don't have enough common sense to not give me all of your personal details, yeah. I don't know how I can trust you, you know, in this larger environment. However, I think most of those people did it without really thinking. Right. And I don't think they did it maliciously, but it's a great, really good warning to not share things that you shouldn't as a candidate. Yeah. The, the thing about that is, is you are going in there to obtain a job. So there, this is not the opportunity to share all of your life story or woes or what have you. You know, I'll give you a good example. Um, we had a candidate to come in and uh, one of our managers interviewed this person. They were limping. And so this was obviously a medical issue. And um, the first thing that the supervisor said was, I noticed you're limping um, when you came in. Is everything okay? Now, the candidate was pretty savvy and he could have said, well, no, I broke my leg or I you know, had some sort of, I mean, he could have listed a disability if he wanted to. But right. what he said I thought was really, really uh, smart. He said, you know, thanks for asking, but it's nothing that impacts my ability to do this job. You want to always keep it professional. And Absolutely. so when you turn it around, you're always thinking about the job, right? Because that's why you're there. So I thought that was key that, you know, someone has a medical issue or, or they walk in and um, you see something that may be, or, or the interviewer sees something that may be questionable. Always, if, if you've got something going on like that, respond with thanks for asking, but it's nothing that affect, will affect my ability to do my job. That's really, that's excellent. I, that's such a great response from his part because you're right. He could have easily said, well, I was skiing last weekend and I went down the moguls <laughs> you know? and that could have been fun too. And that would have been all right. But yeah. for him to divert that back to, thank you so much. I appreciate the personal touch, but it's nothing that'll affect my job. Then that takes it right off the table and you're good. Yeah, absolutely. I've also seen, um, where, um, 
individuals that were not great at interviewing, but approached the religious aspect. So they may say, uh, do you go to church on Sundays? Um, what religious holidays do you observe? And I've seen candidates um, also respond with really, really great um, responses like, well, you know, I can work weekends if needed, or um, I'm able to work some weekend shifts, but would love some flexibility in my schedule um, for other commitments. So it dodges the question of what my religion is. It dodges the question of whether or not I can really, whether or not I, I have church on Sundays. It says I can work weekends, but, you know, if needed. But, you know, I, I'm available, but like some flexibility. I think in this day and time, that that sometimes comes up because when individuals need um, employees that work on the weekends, they're asking the question. And again, remember the intent. They're asking you if you go to church on Sundays, but what they really want to know is, are you available to work on the weekends? And is Sunday your problem? And so you've got to just, you got to just be one step ahead. And that's part of that preparation, part of that doing your research and making sure that if these questions come up, you're ahead of the game and you have an answer for them. And let me give you, let me ask you a different question too, because I've had a number of people who've worked for me over the years who had very um, strong religious uh, ties and they had a certain um, day of the week or number of hours of the week where they were committed to service for their church. Mm -hmm. and. It was always uh, someone that, you know, I mean, I knew the type of person they were. I knew their work ethic. I knew how much work they put in. So I always wanted to make, be flexible with, with that. But I guess I've always wondered, how would you go out and get another job that is typically kind of maybe, a, you know, a, a 40 plus hours, you know, a, 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 um, a salaried individual who normally would work five days a week, but they have these kind of conflicts. How would that person even be able to broach that? I'm not sure you would want to broach it in the interview, maybe at the point no. of an offer. Yeah. What's no. your opinion on that? I think, I think you're right. I think you should not broach it at that time. Um, I think that would be something that once the job is offered, maybe you could bring it up, but um, I probably wouldn't broach it at that exact moment. I'd wait. I'd That's wait. good. And I, yeah, as you were talking, I just had that thought in my head and I thought, you know, there's a lot of people that affects. Mm -hmm. I also, let me ask you another one too, because I was thinking back through one of those scenarios with someone who was interviewing with me and for some reason shared this uh, personal experience about the fact she had just moved her mother uh, close to her. And because of, and the reason, and I thought, well, that's great. That's wonderful. It's all good. But one of the reasons that she kept talking about was because I need to be there at all times. I never know when the nursing home's going to call. Um, so I have to be able to go at a moment's notice. And she really went on and on and on about it. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, what if I have you in the middle of a shift that can't be, you know, nobody else is going to be able to step in and do this. And you've got to go run to your mother. Cause it sounds like this is something that is you know, happening on a frequent basis. Now, that wasn't the reason I didn't pick her for the position. Um, she wasn't as qualified, and I had way more qualified people. However, in the back of my head as she was talking, I'm thinking, why are you sharing this with me? You know, when you, when you have some other things that might not be, you know, a, related to personal things, you know, your, your gender, your age, those elements, but you have other commitments like that, um, you know, I'm, I don't know, any advice on that for job seekers that are in the same place? 
Sure. And, and what I'm going to give you guys is the same thing that <laughs> uh, Michael experienced in the sense of she thought in the back of her head, well, why would I hire this person? I never know if they're going to be able to be there for their shift. If you just don't want a job, that would be what you should do. But I would <laughs> never bring up that I've moved my mother or that my kids or I, you just leave all your personal information out of that interview. If you really want the job, you don't need to go into any in-depth conversation about, you know, I need to be available at all times for my mom. That's going to send a message to your interviewer that you're probably not the best candidate because you're not going to be able to be dependable. Absolutely. Employers are looking for people that can be accountable, responsible, dependable, trustworthy. They're looking for all of those things. And that's what the interview is really designed to do. It's really designed to weed out candidates that they think they can't, um, they can't depend on. It is when you think about when you go to a job interview, yes, they are looking at your job. They're looking at your, I'm sorry, your education. They're looking at your experience, what you bring to the job, but they're also looking to find out, is this someone that I can depend on? Is it someone that I can really make sure that's going to be there when I need them to be there? Are they going to be responsible? And if you bring up all these other personal things, that's the best way to just screen yourself right out of an interview. That is a great way to put it, without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I want to be honest and I want to be blunt. You know, that you, you just, there are certain things you just should not share in an interview. And that is where preparation comes into play. You know, getting the questions, getting with an interview coach, if you don't feel like you're, you're strong enough or you don't feel like your verbal skills will, you know, take you where they need to, where you need to go. Or if you feel like you sometimes go off on tangents, that's where preparation comes in. And sometimes you do need an interview coach to kind of come in and help narrow that scope and help you kind of refine the words that you're going to use during that interview. So let me ask you then, so we've talked about a lot of different issues here, but the one thing that's in the back of my mind is what if you are in an interview and every, maybe you've gone through multiple, you've done the phone screen, you've met with somebody else and you know, you've had a great experience, you've researched the company, you love the job, it seems great, you, you know, the intent from everybody thus far has been fabulous, but that, that one interview, there is something that is completely overboard or completely offensive as a question or a line of questioning and everything else has given you all the green lights, but this one person or this one situation has really put up every red flag what are your options as a job seeker? So, you know, if you think that you um, have, you know, you've, they've asked a question that's really above, I mean, or really below the belt, um, you have an option. You can file um, a charge with the EEOC. Um, it takes time. I will tell you that it's time consuming, but you can file a charge against the EEOC, but you really, really want to make sure the question is really, really outside of the norm, um, outside of what, you know, normally would be asked. Um, it can't just be, you know, how many kids do you have? Or <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you really got to think about um, it, it, it needs to be something that's egregious in a sense. I'm not saying that you can't file a charge for someone asking you how many kids you have, but those are the kinds of questions that you really want to turn around if you can and focus on other aspects of the job. So though that, that is an option. Um, certainly if someone 
Um, like I said before, if, if you're getting questions, they're not always illegal. It's what they do after the facts that can be considered illegal. So if someone says, how old are you? And you think, and you tell them, if you decide to tell them and you think, oh, well, they've committed age discrimination against me because I'm over 40 and I didn't get the job because I'm over 40, it could be that they've used that. It could be that there was a better candidate. So you just have to kind of weigh it and think about it. But the option is that you can file a suit with the EEOC. I did have um, a, one of our supervisors one time ask the question, and I was really appalled that this question was asked, and it was on gender. Um, how do you feel about supervising men? Could you do this job as well as a man? Oh, and, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, the, you know, so when you think about that on its face, is that something that maybe you could file an EEOC charge on? Possibly if what they do afterwards is considered discriminatory. But with a question like that, you could respond, I'm very comfortable being in a management um, role. In fact, um, my last position, the department I led exceeded our annual sales for three straight years. You know, you can turn those questions around. So you wanna make sure that before you, you know, decide you're gonna go the EEOC route, make sure in the interview, if you can at all possibly kind of turn that back, because it just may be someone that just doesn't, one, doesn't have great intent or really just doesn't know that what they're asking is offensive. It's so, so true. And that's, yeah, and that's so true because, you know, we've, we've spoken a little bit about how um, underprepared some hiring managers are. And, and sometimes that's just from their ignorance. And really what they're trying to do is make sure, can you handle it? Because I've, maybe I've had somebody else in that role that didn't do well with men or women or whatever that was. Mm -hmm. So as we near the end here, I always have two questions. And the first is, you know, a little bit of a reflection, because I think that we all have, you know, after years of experience or decades of experience, don't ask my age, I'm old enough to do this. Uh, <laughs> but we have things that we, we know that if we would have told ourselves a lot mm -hmm. earlier in our career that that would have, you know, made some difference or kept us on the same path. So I always say, knowing what you know now, what would you tell the younger Kimberly at any point in her career? Um, and what point would that be um, that would have shocked your own potential farther, faster, or kept you on the same path um, in relating to, you know, all these different issues, you know, HR in general or interviewing skills that you know now? I would say um, probably the biggest thing that I uh, would have told a younger Kimberly <laughs> is to prepare, is to prepare. Because when you get in that interview, you're in it and you can't fumble for words. You can't um, look unprepared. Um, not that I've done that a lot in my career, but I would say initially um, as a young professional, um, I wasn't very um, skilled in interviewing. And so I would say prepare. I think that is the biggest, biggest thing to be prepared for those questions, to, re to make sure that your skills and experience really align with the position that you're applying for. So even if it's slightly off, you've got to figure out a way that your skills and your education, it may, be, it may be off a little bit, but find similarities so that you can take those skills and, and cross over to what that job is really asking and requiring. And I think when you do that, I think you'll be successful, but I think preparation 
by far is the is the biggest thing that can really shock your potential forward. I really do. I, I agree. I love it. And I, I was thinking too, one mm -hmm. of the things, I haven't covered it really yet with any of my speakers uh, to this point, but you know, the questions, when I would get done with people's interviews and I'd say, what questions do you have for me? Mm. It always annoyed me when people would say, well, I think you've answered all my questions, you know, or they'd pretend to look at their little list. Well, I think we covered all this. And I'm thinking, why didn't you have at least three other questions mm -hmm. that were going to be outside the normal, mm -hmm. you know, outside, what do you see in this position? You know, what, what do you think are the biggest challenges? I want, I want you to ask some in-depth questions about mm -hmm. this business, this company, this industry, me, my team, whatever, something unique. And that's preparation. That's not yeah. just going in and flying by the seat of your pants. It's not. And, you know, in, I've been doing this over 20 years and I got to tell you, those candidates that choose not to ask any questions from the interviewer's side or from the employer's side, it kind of says you're not really interested in the job. You're Absolutely. not really engaged. And so even if they've answered all your questions, which is part of preparation, like she just said, you want to make sure you have extra questions that you can ask, whether it's about the company's culture, if, if they, even if they've covered everything regarding the job, there are questions that you still need to ask because if this is where you plan to make your place of employment, you want to know as much about it as you possibly can. So you always want to ask questions at the end. Always, always, always. Absolutely. Well, as we near the very end, first of all, I know you have a full-time job and you do a lot of things on the side. <laughs> You're uh, coaching for people in the job process. How do we'll have this in the show notes, but tell our, my viewers how they can find you if they want to talk to you about how you might be able to help them. Oh, absolutely. If you go to my website, which is www.kimberly.com, T as in Tom, web, webb.com. Um, there'll be a, a contact button at the top and you can send me an email. And I'm, I offer interview coaching via Skype, via you know phone, via face-to-face -face if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But yeah, just contact me at www.kimberlytweb.com and shoot me an email and we'll see what we can do to help you get land your next adventure. Excellent. So as we uh, get ready to say our goodbyes, any last pearls of wisdom, any last pieces of advice for our job seekers? You know, I would just say the only piece of advice that um, I would really say is just, I want you to guys to realize that employers, interviewers are welcome to dig into your work experience and your education. Um, they certainly shouldn't ask questions that are overboard, but even when they do, I think that all of you can rise above that, give them some great answers and move forward in the interview. So just realize they, that's part of their job is to ask you, they're going to dig, they're going to probe. And so part of your preparation will help you get through that. But I know that you guys, as, as you are listening to this um, podcast and as you move forward in interviewing and in um, landing the job, you will be successful. So keep your head up, go forward and conquer. I love it. Thank you so much, Kimberly. It has been such a pleasure having you and having your expertise. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you as well. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shock your potential podcast.
www.thepeopleshow.com. 